Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This is the word of God. Amen. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We pray. Thank you, Lord, for this morning to be together in your presence. Thank you for children, families, life, grandparenting, parenting, all of life the ups and the downs. Be with us now, speak into our life by the power of the Holy Spirit, present, active, searching, seeking, inviting each one of us. In the name of Christ, amen. Friends, I feel like I'm going to take my life into my own hands in listening to the first reading this morning from Proverbs 31. The last word, an epilogue it says, the last word about... A wife of noble character. Sounds very risky in our interesting culture that we live in these days. Even the title would seem to be a sexist kind of thing for many people in our community these days. Others not. I was going to avoid this text. That's when I knew that I shouldn't. So we're not. I'm glad I didn't avoid it. Because I reckon there's some pretty good news for women 
and for men and for young people and children. Whatever you make of it, Proverbs 31 over the years, whether you've ever come across it or not, the poem draws a strong response. It's viewed either as an affirming word to women or the dead opposite. Some find great affirmation of who they are and what they are called to do and be and others find it a totally male-dominated word that expects the impossible from women. This noble woman is perfect in some people's eyes and in others she's a woman to be pitied for being oppressed and subservient to so many unreasonable expectations and a very narrow view of women. This one woman who is the ideal one is also apparently one that a man cannot find. Not surprised, she's working way too hard. She's working everywhere, in verse 4, 15 and 16, bringing her food from afar, getting up while it's still night, working for family and employees, buying real estate and planting a vineyard. Quite a bit. She's working for everything, verses 15, 16, 18, 19 and 24. Food, land purchasing, business, making clothes and viticulture. Uh, She's working for everybody. Husband, family, staff, those in need in the community, colleagues in industry. No wonder you can't find her. She's working way too hard. In this picture of some ideal woman, is it a picture, a terrible picture, a terrible work of patronising male arrogance? Or is it something else? I can see the question. Some cite this poem in praise of wives and mums, and gladly so. But I can see also how it can be cited as a male commendation of women and women's work, a real put-down to the value of women and their contribution in all spheres of life. I suspect we can see both sides. But in a closer look, I notice two things about this woman. Number one, she is not contained in the kitchen scrubbing dishes. Number two, she is not some quiet, subservient mouse who never says boo. No, this perfect wife, this perfect woman, this ideal woman, she takes care of people, yes, her husband, her household. She excels in all kinds of activities and she's quite active in her world. She's a successful businesswoman. She knows real estate. She knows grapes and she knows viticulture. She works hard and she plans ahead. She knows how to dress for success when needed, how to run a business and she can match it with the captains of merchant industry. The reason I suspect her husband is well known is largely because of her. And to top it all off, she's not some power junkie. She has a heart. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy, it says. Number two, this woman is also far from a silent partner. She speaks with wisdom and it says teaching of kindness comes from her mouth. She speaks up. I don't believe this is some mere condescending male appraisal of what a woman should be to make his life easier. 
This woman is an equal match for anybody. And she does it all with style, wisdom and grace. And above all, fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. She knows who the Lord is and what his word is. You know, when you look at it, this woman looks and sounds a lot like Lady Wisdom herself, which we've mentioned in the book of Proverbs the last couple of weeks. And many, in fact, say that very thing. This is not really about a mythical, ideal woman at all. This is just another trick, another tool, another way of helping you and I receive God as wisdom. It's a way of getting wisdom into our lives in a poem. I think this is mainly true. So in a sense, this woman is actually all of us, men and women, who have fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, who have faith in his word and his promises and his place in our life and the wisdom that comes from that. So it's all of us, really. This is who we all become as we listen more and more to the word of the Lord in our experience every day. But if this is also, in some part at least, a poem about an ideal woman, then there are three things I notice that are very good for us. I read this comment from a female theologian this week. As a woman living in the 21st century, I am struck by an awful lot about the woman that Proverbs 31 says, talks about. I'm actually struck more by what it doesn't say. And this is really worth noting. First of all, in this whole poem, it doesn't say that a wife's worth is derived from her husband's worth. She is not a woman who needs her husband to give her meaning, purpose, value and worth. Why? Because she already has it from the Lord. That's why. She already has these things. Just read through. She knows who she is and she's confident in who she is because she's been made that way. She's been told that by the Lord. Her status in the world and before the Lord is sure because the Lord has spoken and done and acted and created her status for her. She doesn't need to live off anybody else's status, including her husband's. As a result of her freedom and her confidence, she willingly makes contribution to her husband and to her kids and to her family and her business colleagues. I don't hear any hint in this poem that her virtue lies in a one-sided submission to her husband and his direction. Her own direction as a person of God is legitimate in itself because she's legitimate as a person in her own way before the Lord. She knows him, he knows her. So she willingly, though, offers her time and her effort and her great skills to serve everyone, husband, kids, family, community, business partners, and caring for those in need. In other words, she's free to lead her own life rather than following someone else's, yet she values people and her partner, her husband, in life enough to love him and care for him too. Mutual submission, not one-way submission. That's the biblical model. Second, it's most unusual that the poem doesn't say anything about pregnancy or child-rearing or having childbirth. In lots of other places in the Bible and in ancient writing, generally it does. These gifts of God, are, of bearing children, are raised up as you know, the, 
key credentials for womanhood. Well, not here. This poem only mentions children once in verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And when it does mention children, it doesn't really refer to the mother-child relationship in the whole entire poem. Motherhood as a state of being and a source of identity or virtue is not held up highly in this text. So I'm hearing that a woman's status before the Lord and in their family and in their community is not dependent on whether she has had a child and whether she is a mum. Beautiful though that is, of course. This woman is a mum, but she's many other things and all of her contributions seem to be very valuable to the Lord. She generates life in lots of ways, not only in having a baby, which is fantastic. This woman seeks, she rises, she buys, she provides. She is creating and cultivating a lot and all of these ways obviously count before the Lord, as does the wonderful vocation of being a mum. Third thing, this picture of an ideal woman doesn't say one thing about her appearance. Not one thing. There's nothing about hair, shape, fingernails, Botox, skin. Not one thing. Height, nothing. Not one mention of the human body appearance. Thank God for that. In a culture that is crazed, fixated on all of these things. This is absolutely countercultural and against the flow and praise God for it, especially for young women who are getting bombarded with all kinds of rubbish images, body image, how it has to be. Thank God that this woman knows that her worth and her value and her meaning and her purpose and place in the world, in the community, in her family, are not at all dependent on what she looks like, how tall she is, how skinny she is, or other. For us who know Jesus, that's three good things, isn't it? That's three really good things to know. First, for us who know Jesus, who's the ultimate wisdom, as we said last week, He's a human person wisdom. He's wisdom in a human person with flesh and blood like you and I. For us who know him, have been claimed by him, who have been baptised into him, we know that our life depends on him as the noble man, the most noble man. If there's a perfect wife, there's a perfect man and he can live up to the perfection because he was and he is. Many women do noble things. But you surpass them all. Husbands, this should be taken once a day and said. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. See what happens if you do that for a week. Be pretty good, I reckon. From our view, post-resurrection of Jesus, we can say the you in that word is Jesus. Many people do noble things, but you, Jesus, surpass them all. So women of God, men of God, young people of God, children of God, your worth is not derived from someone else, only from the one who calls you his own. For women specifically, 
Your worth and status in the world is not dependent on bearing children or being a mum. Your worth is dependent on what the Lord says about you, daughter of God. It's not your looks, men or women, young people, your style, your fashion that creates you or makes you or gives you legitimacy and a voice. It's the word of Jesus, the wisdom of God, who gives you these things despite what you look like and how you feel. Many human beings do noble things, but you, Jesus, bridegroom of the church, surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but Jesus the Lord is to be praised. Honour him for all that his hands have done on that cross and let his works bring him praise today at this city gate. In the name of Christ, amen. And the peace of God and the wisdom of God beyond our understanding keep you in the wisdom of Christ today. Amen. for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. stpetri.org.au